be fine. I think we can. I think we can salvage it. Yeah, we might have to just just cut it off. I think so. Anyways, are we ready? Yeah, are we ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Four Thirty in the Morning. This is your boy Ben and Pat. Somehow made it back into the studio. Pat is back as well. Yes, I'm back as well. I made it. Pat made it. He. <laughs> there were some incidents <laughs> on the way over, but uh, somehow I'm here. We almost lost a finger. Pulled into the wrong house. Yeah. I'm basically driving on three wheels right now. So. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. A lot of people pull into the wrong house because this side of my street, all the houses look the same. Yeah. So. So, anyways. That's funny. It was an interesting voyage into the studio. The four-minute drive it took. Right. A lot happened, but we're here. We're making it happen. So, episode. Did we say the episode yet? Episode thirty-two. This is thirty. Yeah, this is thirty-two. Thirty-two. Right? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling thirty-two. Anyways. That's getting cut. Probably. Uh, what kind of news you got? I got a lot of news today. So I have. One news story, actually two news stories and one like kind of fact. Okay. Maybe two facts. I don't know. I've got four news stories. All right. Awesome. Uh, All right. A couple of them are a little bit in. One is kind of detailed. One, a few of them are kind of short. So sounds good. You want me to kick it off, or do you want to? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off because this one this one's the most morbid one that I'm gonna cover by far. Sure. Uh, Are you familiar with the state of South Carolina? Yes. South Carolina is one of the states that has a death penalty in in force. It's pretty regular out there. Mm Mm-hmm. What I didn't know about South Carolina is that uh, they have some options as to how you're going to get executed. Hmm. One of the nice things about being on death row in South Carolina is you get to choose how you're going to go out. It now, was. Do they have a jury that decides whether you get the death penalty, or does the judge do that? Some states differ in that regard. I don't know about that. The sentencing? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. No. I thought it was a jury. I thought a jury had to some states deliver that. that. Is it different? Yeah. But the nice thing about being on death row in South Carolina is you got, you got some options. So you get to choose between lethal injection and, for a while, the electric chair. Sure. Now, a lot of inmates were choosing lethal injection because you guys are well aware that lethal injection has been a problem recently because you can't they can't get the drugs to actually lethally inject people. So if you're an inmate on death row, you know that they can't get the drugs. You're like, that's how I want to go out. Legally, they had to execute you by your op- your preferred method mm-hmm. of the available options. Since lethal injection was still technically an available option, even though they couldn't actually do it, people were just kind of hanging around on death row for years and years after they should have been executed. Now, why can't they get it? Is it just it's, a it's, it's a It's a nationwide thing. Apparently there were problems with the drugs and they haven't really fixed the problem or something oh, like okay. that. It, it it occurred everywhere. But if you went lethal injection, they couldn't say, well, we can't do that. Electric care for you. Well, they, they've closed that loophole. And now if, if you can't really get executed by your preferred method, you're kind of stuck with the electric chair. And they're bringing the electric chair out of retirement to get a few of these people oh, processed. Boy. That's rough. Now to make it even in- more interesting, they've added a third option to the list. They're bringing back the firing squad too. You know, I saw this. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, my now, the problem with the firing squad is... Uh, what is this, Nazi Germany? Well, they don't, they don't, they haven't established how they're going to actually make this happen yet. So there, there's no there's no legal recourse for how they're going to handle the firing squad other than the fact that it's on the menu right now. So... I don't know how I feel about that. It's, it's different. It's definitely different. It's no. weird for, you know, today's, you know what I mean? Exactly. And this, this story was sent in by a listener... Uh, today actually so nice thank you thank you i figured we had to cover that sure but let me ask you this if you had to go out by any execution method that has been practiced throughout history what would you go with you know i don't know all of them i'm i'm sure there's a lot of different well you got gas you got yeah. the electric chair you got lethal injection you got 
Firing squad, obviously. Drawn and quartered is an option. It depends how they shoot you. If you get you right in the head, you, there's... Yeah, see, I don't know. I think that they're supposed to aim to the chest. I thought. I don't know where they aim. It, it would make sense to hit you, get you in the head. It would make more sense, but I don't know where... They, I thought they aimed for the heart. I don't know why I think that, but... That would suck. That would be rough. That'd be a yeah. rough way out. If, if they hit you in the head, I would probably do firing squad. Fair enough. See, I'd go with the guillotine. That'd be, that'd be my, my method of that. Yeah. I feel like I could yeah. handle it. Like a- Anything that revolves the head, because you... You're gone. Yeah. Like, you're not going to feel it. Who was it? Was it Descartes? Rembrandt? One of those. No, not Rembrandt. Was it Descartes? Who Who was the guy that they cut his head off in France and he started talking afterwards? Oh, I never heard of that one. Uh, I think I started with it either. No, it wasn't Descartes. It was... That's crazy. Okay, if you guys <laughs> know about the French Revolution, please tweet us at 30 in the... Let us know who started talking after his head was chopped off. But I would go... I'd definitely go with the guillotine. So you're thinking, you're thinking firing squad if they're going to shoot you in the head? Yeah, if they're going to get me... If they're going to get me in the head, I would probably go with firing squad guillotine yeah i feel that makes sense yeah anyways what kind of news did you got today my first one pretty interesting a 400 year old english coin found by archaeologists in maryland a maryland museum said archaeologists searching for the location of an early english settlement uncovered a rare clue a silver coin dating back from the 17th century travis parno director of research and collection at the historic saint mary's city museum said archaeologists working to locate the original site of saint mary's fort one of the earliest english settlements in north America found the silver coin bearing the image of King Charles the first. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Isn't like, that that's cool? like finding like actual like buried treasure basically. Yeah. It didn't exactly have the date printed on it, but it was pretty much the next best thing. Parno told CNN. It had a maker's mark that was only used in 1633 and 1634, and it might as well have had the date printed on it, to be honest. That's Par- pretty cool. Parno said the team has now identified the location of the fort, which was the first settled around the same time the coin was minted. At this point, we've got a confluence of data that says this is without a doubt the remains of St. Mary's Fort, Parno said. The coin definitely helped. It was kind of a cherry on top. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. News. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. I don't know if that's super odd, but it's pretty sweet. I know, but... it's it's No, it's definitely cool. Okay. Uh, you always have got the interesting archae- archaeological Try, man. I stories. look for them. I look for them. Cause I, they're, they're so interesting. I love hearing, you know, historical shit. So that's... You said 400 years old, so that would have been the six, 17... You said 17th century? Yep, so 1630s. The, okay, the, so when, almost 400 years old. Now. That's crazy. Yeah. And they just found it. Like, could you imagine just, like, dropping that coin? Just, like... You know how people drop change? Yeah. It's like 400 years later, it gets picked up. <laughs> right. Crazy shit, man. Anyways, that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. So, I've got my second news story of four is what I'm going to bring to the table today. Let's hear it. Uh, this one isn't really, like, everybody's heard probably this this week. So, President, former President Barack H. Obama mm-hmm. has come forward and verified that, yes, all this Navy Department stuff that's been coming out is real and that he's aware of the fact that they got video and whatever yeah. that they can't explain. Uh, when it comes to these unidentified aerial phenomena, which is the phrase that, that they're using. Yeah, they don't really call it UFOs anymore. But it's the, it's all the same thing. It's the thing. same it's shit. It's the same thing. They're trying to make it sound like they're a little bit smarter than everybody else because that's how the establishment operates. Right. And Obama, basically, at this point, is the face of the establishment. Basically. As far as everything is kind of boiled down. So I don't think, I don't think there's any coincidence that he's coming out and saying this stuff after we start to get these consistent news stories almost every week about the Navy. So... 
Obama's out there saying it now. And this kind of is it's a little bit of a change of tone because earlier he's been interviewed about it and said, oh, I can't talk about that or I don't know. Or he's kind of brushed aside this topic. Now he's not brushing aside the topic. I definitely think that his establishment handlers told him, hey, now it's time to start talking about it because more people are going to listen to him than anybody else in America for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Sure. So whether or not this is real or whether or not it's just a, the newest and greatest conflict to create to keep people distracted. Yeah. Off the record. I was going to ask you if this is a distraction or not. Yeah, it, it might be, but it, it plays in tune with the disclosure that we've been sure. talking about. Yeah, we for have, a while. we have been kind of, you know, predicting a disclosure here pretty soon. And I think a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise talk about it are going to start talking about it because Obama's talking about it. Right. So whether that's better, worse, different, whether it means as much as it should, because we've talked about how the government's just going to do whatever the hell they want to, and we can't really trust who's saying what, when, whenever. But it, it seems like um, they are all kind of on the same board. Yes. And they're uh, the military, uh, you know, and establishment politicians are all saying yes. the exact, they're all speaking the same exact language and saying the same exact things. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty compelling. It's interesting at the very least. So that's news story number two for me. We had to bring that up. Sure. Considering yeah, awesome. we got aliens part four coming up here pretty soon. Definitely. So that's my second news story. You got any more? Yeah. So I'm not the biggest fan of this website because a lot of it's clickbait, but you know about 247 sports. <laughs> yes, I'm aware and you're right about it. It's <laughs> a lot of it's clickbait, but this yeah. is this is kind of this is kind of cool. You know, they kind of over exaggerate shit. Sure. But Patrick Mahomes has the idea of a lifetime to help out the game of football. To aid referees in games, Mahomes suggested the NFL put microchips in the footballs. There are many ways to improve the efficiency of calls in the field, but Mahomes suggested about a microchip is interesting. In fact, he suggested it be used for certain situations during games. I feel like the chip in the ball has got to happen at some point, said Mahomes on a podcast with TMZ Sports. If you cross the line, it just tells you touchdown. There's literally no way you can tell if he's in the end zone or not. It's just whatever they call, especially if there's like a, a big pile up and you can't really tell where the ball is. A microchip in the ball would be able to tell you if it crossed the line or not. But that doesn't really matter because the question isn't always, did the ball cross the line? It's when did it cross the line? Yeah. I mean, so you, you need microchips good. in the player's knee pads yes, as well. exactly. I was going to bring that up. But this, this is a this is a decent idea. I mean, with the way things are going, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't me if this ends up happening. And Whether Mahomes came up with this idea or somebody... Someone probably told him. Told but... <laughs> him about it. Now, he's not stupid. He's a pretty smart. He's yeah, a pretty he smart is. guy. I mean, that, that's basically the that's basically the article. But and I don't think Mahomes needs... He doesn't need any help. No, he doesn't. So Mahomes wants microchips in footballs. It'll probably happen because he's kind of the... He's the face of the league He's right the now. face of the league. So yeah, for sure. If he says it, it's going to happen. Anyways, I got a third one we're going to break down. Sure. This one's from Sky News, which we've taught... We've used this one yep. several times on the show. Chinese safari parks. Sincerely sorry for not telling public escape leopards were on the loose. Oh my god. So three, Why can't China get their shit together, man? <laughs> three leopards escaped the Chinese safari park, which is in uh, Hangzhou, which I'm assuming is a it's a city. It's a big city in China. Sure. On the eastern, eastern part of the country. The leopards got out of the zoo completely. They caught two, but there's a third one still roaming the city, apparently. <laughs> and the zoo's course of action was not to tell anybody. Right. Or it's not going to talk about it. 
I don't know. And, and real quick, just to clarify, we talk a lot of shit about China, but we ha- we have no animosity towards the Chinese people at all. Not whatsoever. Just it's, the establishment. It's the the government. <laughs> the government. And the people that make decisions yeah. for the poor people that are stuck living there. They're not. That's that's just... Right. The Chinese people, we have no problem with you. Yes. But if, if you're a part of the party and you're making decisions like letting leopards loose and just not <laughs> telling people about right. it, I'm sorry. We can't. We can't. We can't. Can't condone that type of behavior at four thirty in the morning, can we? That's right. Anyways, you got any more news today? I have. Um, so I, I followed this uh, page on Facebook called Mind Blowing Facts. Okay, so there, we got a fact coming up. Sometimes, sometimes there it's kind of interesting, but I thought this is kind of ridiculous. So Naples, Italy, is creating a DNA database for all of its resident dogs. Any dog poo found left on the sidewalk will be tested against the database, and the owner of the dog will be sent a bill for five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars? Yeah. Well, whatever the the currency they they use there. I have no idea what Italy uses. I'm not sure. I'm not really, I don't really care about what Italy uses. Right, but I just I'm like, man, are you kidding me? Five hundred whatever they got. Yeah. For dog shit. I mean, shit. Do you imagine? Like, you just let your dog take a shit. Your dog's got a poop, and then you just you know walk away, and then you get a bill in the mail. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would the bill because you said it's a database of dogs it's not necessarily a database of people that own dogs yeah but they would probably register the their information the information of the owner would probably come up so would it come back as like oh this is farfel's doo-doo right would the would the bill be sent to the dog or would it be sent to the probably the owner i don't know i mean i agree i hate dog shit yeah and they but... walk people walk their dogs by my house all the time and they always do it at weird hours like i'll be coming home from work at like three yeah. o'clock in the morning there's some asshole walking his damn dog down my street. <laughs> it's all the time, and they're always they always take a shit on my on my lawn. I mean, it now, happens. Now these yuppies are at least picking up the the poop that their dogs are leaving. Right, but it's all the time. Like I routinely almost hit people. Like I have to look every time I pull out or go into the driveway. I always got to stop and look just to make sure there's no asshole with his fucking dog. <laughs> so I don't know. Congratulations, Naples. You guys are yeah. You guys are doing it right. This is forward thinking innovation as far as we're concerned. Right. Anyways, I got one more news story i want to get into sure this one is from our favorite news source ever cnn oh my gosh uh the cabal news network as far as i'm concerned at this point (laughs) alabama lifts ban on yoga in public schools now we talked about this on episode 20 of the show you know how yoga summons demons yeah well that was a very a very big concern in the state of alabama for 30 years back when yoga came out of the scene as like an exercise thing they decided we cannot have us anywhere near our public schools right now it wasn't really satan worship that they were concerned about they were concerned that the kids were going to convert from christianity to hinduism because of yoga mm-hmm. so they decided that they're going to let yoga be practiced in schools again as on an elective basis and it's it, district to district it's to determine if they're going to offer this elective in the schools uh-huh. it used to be a statewide outright ban no public school could have anything to do with yoga in the state of alabama i have never heard of a public school having yoga have you at least around here well i mean exercise physiology is like even shit I, even gym class i mean i i took exercise physiology but even, we, we didn't do yoga but a lot of gym classes are gonna do yoga these days think yeah about maybe it, think about maybe it. these days yeah so but not in alabama until now 
Wow. Now, there are some details that we got to consider. Sure. First of all, if you're an Alabama public school student, you, you're not supposed to speak any language other than English during your yoga classes. All the poses, positions, exercises, whatever, have to have an English name instead of anything that's not English. So it can't be an Indian name. It can't be a Eastern name. Number two, and this is the most important one. I guess in yoga, they use the term namaste. It's like, like a greeting. Like you show up to yoga class, you're talking to the instructor, you go namaste. Okay. That is not to be uttered under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> in any Alabama Man. yoga classes. It's so, exercise what, and stretching only. So what happens if you say that? You're probably expelled from the fucking school. <laughs> I mean, they were very clear in this news story that any non-English shenanigans going on, any chanting, any of the mm, anything that could even I didn't imply, know you did that in yoga. I don't know what the fuck you do in yoga. <laughs> I'm just, I'm interpreting the news story as it makes sense to me, but none of that is allowed in Alabama. So... It's exercise of stretching, and it's the English language. Interesting. And you better not deviate. Gotcha. Because the Alabama Board of Education is going to come down on you, and they're going to come down on you hard. So that that's my fourth news story of the day. <laughs> that's we funny. are way over on yeah. time, but... I do have one more quick fact. Uh-oh. It's going to be real quick. In 1895, there were only two cars in the entire state of Ohio, and they ended up crashing into each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I they have a, They have a picture right there. <laughs> That that's the precursor to the battle bots on Mars. That's a rough. That's a rough. That's a rough crash. Man. Automobiles in the in Ohio. How did that even happen? It looks like the guy hit the tree, and then the other guy just. It was, how'd that happen? I don't know. But they look mangled. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't know what to say about that one. That's all I got. Anyways, are you ready for the main topic? Let's get it. What is the main topic, man? We're gonna be going over haunted places. Haunted places, and more specifically, like the most convincing ones. Sure. In the world. Sure. So, how many did you come? up with because this is a, I, have, I have three. You I, got don't, three I don't know if they're the most convincing but i have three i've got two that if i had to roll my dice or put money down and say hey these are the most haunted places in america these are the two that i'd go with sure now obviously this is this topic's been a long time coming i think right because i mean on episode was it episode six the ghost hunting one i feel like it was early it was yeah like episode yeah six, yeah we did do a ghost hunting episode where we did, we broke down our careers as ghost hunters our distinguished careers we gotta we gotta pick that back up maybe with with <laughs> with all our free time that's what we need to be doing we need to be mm-hmm. blocking off we have to go find some investigation start at that like midnight on an off day sure go until five o'clock in the morning four thirty no we'll go until four thirty in the morning and then we'll do a show <laughs> right afterwards right anyways but we're, we're interested in this type of stuff i really don't know what you believe if you believe or if you don't believe i believe in ghosts i kind of sort of believe in ghosts too i've kind of sure. sort of seen some I'm, shit yeah why not but so these to me these two are like this is legit shit like sure. right here so you said you got three yeah why don't you go ahead and get started with one. All right. Have you ever heard of the White House? The what now? The White House. The White The White House, House in Washington, D.C. Oh, you mean the White House? Yes, the okay. White House. Yep, I have, I have. The White House is extremely haunted. A lot of people don't know that. You know, I thought about doing this one. The, the White House is, like, really haunted, and there's a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, previous presidents and foreign officials that have been to the White House have, have all spoken out and said that the White House is haunted. Yes. So, obviously, the White House is home to the most powerful official in the world. The most powerful official, according to the establishment's yes illusion of the world. Sure, but, but it has a long history of ghost sightings, and there's one that's kind of funny with Winston Churchill. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I know this one. Yep, but there's there's also some history of kind of like.
like seance and ritual that happened in the White House with Mary Todd Lincoln after um, their son died. Yeah, I heard about those too. And she did that a lot in the White House, and which that was practiced quite a bit during the Civil War. It was, it was kind of popular. Well, that kind of stuff was practiced even later than that. Like I can guarantee you, George oh, sure. George Bush was doing some weird ass <laughs> occult shit in the White House. But right, anyways. But uh, this is one that I have never heard of. Have you ever heard of the story of the thing in the White House? The thing in the White House. I can't say that I have. Yeah. So there's a ghost apparently. Um, it was like a 14 or 15 year old boy, and it was known as the thing during the Taft administration. And I guess the thing really uh, scared a lot of the Taft administration, and to the point where Taft told his uh, military aide by the name of Archibald Butt <laughs> uh, to tell his staff that if anybody even mentioned or talked about any of the things that the thing did, that they were to be fired. Really? Yes. And I guess the thing would kind of put some slight pressure on your shoulder to let you know that he was there, and a lot of the staff would see him running around. It's a 15-year-old boy. So they think this is a this is a 15-year-old boy. And they don't know who he is or anything, so they just call him the thing. I've got a theory. Sure. So you said that Mary Todd Lincoln was doing something with her... S- with a seance regarding her son. Yeah. Maybe she wittingly or unwittingly summoned in kind of a, what's the word, like a duplicate, like a like a paranormal sure. doppelganger for her son. Sure. Maybe that's what the thing is. That's true. I just don't know how old her son was. I, it I, seems, I, I didn't look into that. It seems like it was like late childhood or early teen years. It seems like. Now. I honestly don't know. I didn't look into did it. Did they not have more than one son die as a kid? I don't know. I feel like, like, I feel like everybody was dying early. I thought that they only had like one kid make it all the way to adulthood i honestly don't know that they might have but uh, that could be that would be my theory if i had to guess yeah but really quick the winston churchill so yes a lot of people have seen abraham lincoln in the lincoln room and the yellow oval office yes like first lady grace truman has seen abraham lincoln in the lincoln bedroom so has harry truman and it's uh, i'm getting chills already because i've heard (laughs) some of these stories and they're and they're creepy right uh uh, not Grace Truman, uh, Grace Coolidge. I'm sorry, First Lady oh, Grace Coolidge. So si- Silent Cal's wrong. Silent Cal's wife. Yes, but uh, Truman has seen Lincoln as well. Okay, that's where I got that. But Winston Churchill was staying in the Lincoln bedroom, and he was taking a really hot bath. Yes, he was. And he was as he was getting out of the bath, he saw Abraham Lincoln, and he said the quote, "Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have gotten me at a disadvantage." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. That's a legendary story, and then Abraham Lincoln just kind of nodded, smiled. Yeah. And then and walked away. Walked away. <laughs> so that's the White House. Could you imagine uh, even like Winston Churchill? Right. Like one of the most powerful men that's ever lived. Yeah. Saying that shit. And just like coming face to face with Lincoln. I want to come face to face with Lincoln. Yeah, I don't know. See, he, he gets glorified. He was kind of a, he was a politician is what he was. Sure. He's a little bit different, but. But I want to come face to face with Lincoln. That'd be cool. Now, uh, speaking of face to face with Lincoln, did you know that his body was like regularly exhumed up to 50 years after he died? Yes. Yes. I heard a story. It was in the 20th century where they dug him up one more time and they popped open the coffin and they let everybody around look at his body one more time. <laughs> and it's like he looks exactly like he like as if he just died yesterday. Right. Just a little bit like he looked like he was bronzed a little bit, kind of like how he is on the penny. But they say that he was perfectly preserved pretty much. So I for, wasn't there a reason why people kept trying to exhume his body? I can't remember. Uh, I think there was an issue with grave robbers first 
and foremost. Yeah. And they had to keep, like, burying him and then reburying him and then securing his body over and over again. I don't know if there was much beyond that. I thought there was some type of legend people believed. There there was something with him or there... I don't know. I no, can't, no I can't you're, remember. you're thinking of the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I've never seen that. Which is Lincoln before... Well, before he was president, when he was a young attorney, he was also... He, he moonlighted as a vampire hunter. Hmm. So he'd, like, do his, like, law, lawyer work by day and then at once night fell, he'd go out and there and slay vampires. Sure. That's what you're thinking of. Oh, okay. It's a movie. I may or may not have seen it, but it is a movie that exists. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Gotcha. Anyways, any more about the White House? Nope, that's it. Okay, interesting. And that was what I thought about doing. I decided not to just because I, I didn't know enough. Sure. Now, the, this one I'm going to get into, though, is a very famous one, but I've got a fourth-hand story that I'm going to share with our listeners. Sure. That was submitted to us by my mother. Okay. So, have you heard of the Stanley Hotel in Colorado? Yes. The only reason I didn't do this is because it's so well-known. I like to do things that aren't as well-known. Yeah, and the only reason why I'm doing this one is because my mother has, like, a story about it. Sure. The Stanley Hotel is the inspiration for Stephen King's 1977 novel, The Shining, which is a very famous novel. Also became a 1980 movie by Stanley Kubrick, The Shining, which we, we both talked about on our Halloween Spooktaculars. Right. If you guys want to really check out some fun shit, check out our Halloween Spooktaculars episodes two and three of the podcast. Don't watch mine. It's terrible. Don't listen to mine. It's terrible. Pat's is really good. I don't know if it's really good. <laughs> but anyways, the Stanley Hotel was built in the year 1909 was when it was officially opened. It was opened on July 4th, 1909. Mm. Apparently the guy, Stanley, who it's named after, was some just some guy who moved out there to cure his tuberculosis, basically out in Colorado. He ended up falling in love with the area, decided that he got healed by from his tuberculosis, decided, hey, this is a great place to open up a hotel. But this huge, sprawling complex that became the Stanley Hotel opened it up in 1909. Now, this place has got ghost stories up the wazoo. So many ghost stories. Stephen King stayed there in 19-whatever, in the 70s, and that became the inspiration for The Shining. Now, in The Shining, it's the Overlook Hotel. And a lot of people think that The Shining was shot at the Stanley Hotel. It was actually shot at a different hotel in Oregon, not in Colorado. Hmm. But the Stanley Hotel remains the inspiration for the book, and a lot of the stories attached to The Shining are originated with The Stanley Hotel. There, there's so many ghost stories. There's kids wandering around. You got pets wandering around. You got the one room that Stephen King stayed in, I think, was a room where the chambermaid uh, blew something up. And she ended up surviving, like, the explosion or whatever, but she ended up dying at the hotel, like, years later or whatever. And uh, apparently the, the person that built the hotel wanders around, too, as well. Yeah, Stanley himself does wander around from time to time. And the thing with this one, too, is that, like, all the rooms, like, almost all the rooms have, like, some sort of ghost story attached to them. They got 217 is a popular one. That's one that Stephen King stayed in. And he apparently, basically, he just had, like, a really weird dream that night, which turned into The Shining, basically. But in that room, there's also ghost stories attached to it. You got running water will turn on and off randomly. You got kids seen all over the place. So, what I'm getting into now is a story from my mother. Now, I'm going to read this as she emailed me. Now, she sent me this email this week. Sure. Several years ago, the parents of a friend of mine went on a road trip out west. One of their stops was a stay at the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is said to be haunted. They took my friend's digital camera to document their adventures. Mm -hmm. When they returned, they gave the camera to my friend, who took it to another friend of hers, who ran a business printing pictures. Now, this may or may not have been Bob Lazar, but... Sure. Because Bob Lazar is a famous photo processor. Right. Anyways, her friend printed all of the pictures taken on the trip. She apologized to my friend because several of the pictures had defects which could not be corrected. Upon inspection, there were, there were several pictures that had what appeared to be flashes or smears of light in them. Now, that could be anything. 
It's unusual, though. All of these pictures were taken at the Stanley Hotel. No other pictures taken before or after that part of the trip had had that defect. Her parents made no attempt to clean the lens of the camera at any time during the trip. One of the pictures was of my friend's mother sitting in a chair by the fireplace. There was another chair on the other side of the fireplace. In the printed picture, there was a little girl sitting in the other chair. Damn. She was dressed in what looked like a white nightgown. According to my friend's parents, they never saw the child during the stay at the hotel. And my mother actually saw all of the pictures and the other pictures from the trip. That's awesome. So that is where I first found out about the Stanley Hotel. Because my mother says a few years ago, this was at least 10 years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Because this has been something I've known about for a while. Now, what's interesting is they had this picture of this girl. Now, this is is a fourth-hand story. Because this is my mom telling me something that her friend told her, basically, about what her parents did. So this is a a few people removed. But this girl, there's another photo on the internet. And people are trying to debunk it right now. The one guy thinks he has it debunked. I don't think he's got it debunked. It's a little girl standing on the stairway with a white gown on again. It's the same girl. And it gives me chills when I look at it. And the one guy thinks that he's like, he thought that he ran a thing on it. And he's like, oh, well, there's a uh, editing footprint from Photoshop on it. So it had to have been Photoshopped. But he didn't, he didn't do his due diligence on this. Sure. And every other thing, every other test that he ran said this has to be one of the best Photoshops I've ever seen. So. I don't know, man. And this is a regular, this is a regularly reported thing that happens. Now, this photo, I got to see this photo. I want to see this photo at some point because this is yeah, crazy. Yeah, we got to see this photo. We got to go to the hotel. But in terms of a convincing haunting, this place, it's everything's there. And Every, everybody, everybody that goes there, there says that something ridiculous has happened. So, Dude, we got to go there. And obviously, The Shining is a big book and a big movie. I got them both at home. So, right. anyways, the Stanley Hotel, definitely haunted. Definitely haunted. And even if it's not haunted, there's still a lot of cool history out there. It's probably the most haunted place in the country besides the Amityville house. Do you think that place is actually haunted? Yeah. Have you seen the original movie? It's been a long time. Yeah, I watched that one a, a little while ago. I think it's haunted. You think it's haunted? Now, the movie embellished quite a bit. Sure. I did some hardcore research on that, and there was a lot of embellishment going on. Sure. But still, if you bought a, your dream home, you're not going to move out after three weeks. Exactly. That's the thing that still gets me. Like, what the right. fuck could have been going on that drove everybody <laughs> right. insane? Right. Anyways, do you have uh, another one you want to get into? I have another one, yeah. So, you ever heard of the Sultan's Palace? Can't say that I have. In New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, God. That entire fucking city <laughs> is yeah. riddled with ghost stories. So, it has a, it kind of has a long history, but I'm not going to get into, because the, 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 the prehistory before the Sultan got there doesn't really matter. Okay. It, this is a really nice place, apparently. Uh, a wealthy bank merchant bought the house, the name of, uh, his name was Jean Battisti Laprete. I think that's how you say it. A wealthy bank merchant. He bought the house in 1839 for $20,040. At that time, that's a lot of That was a lot of money, money back then. That's a ridiculous amount For of money. sure. Okay. But during the Civil War, he had a financial issue. He had financial issues because, you know, during the South, the Civil War, money money got a little uh, little scarce. Man, he needed some there. greenbacks down there. Yeah. So what he needed to do was he needed to rent out the property. So he ended up meeting this guy of Middle Eastern descent, and he introduced him to his brother, who was a sultan, right? And so the sultan said, I'll rent this place from you, and I can live here, yada, yada. I feel like I've heard this one now that you're, now that we're getting into this. So this is 716 uh, Daphne Street. And so this Sultan had a very depraved life. He had like multiple wives, children, and he often held women and uh, young boys against their will. And he just wasn't a good guy. A few uh, of them are. And people complained about the Sultan. He would have like these ridiculous parties and he was known for like using opium and torturing people and shit in this house. Cardinal sins right there. Definitely. So 
wasn't a very good guy. But his demise is a mystery, and the family's demise is a history is a mystery. He they found him buried alive in the courtyard, and his his family was like butchered in the house. They were like hacked, and it was a pretty bad scene. So they found him buried alive. Yes. How did, did was he still it was alive? An unknown assailant. So he was dead, but they determined that he was buried alive. Yes. They don't know how. They don't know who did it. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's and, crazy. In his in his family was dead. So his family and, was dead. Yep. And he still haunts the house apparently. Well, shit, I would too if I was buried alive. <laughs> right. And people today they walk past the house and they claim to have smell like these really weird smells. And women that have been in the house claim to have been groped by some unknown entity groping him. Which that happens in the Stanley Hotel too. Which is crazy. Yes. And apparently you can still hear loud music coming from the house, even if no one's in there. You can still hear the loud music from his old parties and shit that he had there. Sure. And I've never even heard of this place. And there's a, apparently it is super, super haunted. Like you can just, you can just tell it's haunted by just by walking past it. Well. And it's still, it's, it's privately owned. So it's kind of hard to get in there. You kind of have to know the owners. But yeah. people have gotten in there <clears throat> and everyone that's gone in there has experienced something in that house. I don't know, man. That's crazy. But how, how do you, but how do you end up? buried alive in your I, I got no clue that that's <laughs> of all the ways to dispose of somebody burying somebody alive yeah that's there's a lot that has to go right to even make that happen yeah and then you kill everybody else and you somehow don't get caught right I gotta do some research on this yeah this is do, do some hardcore research on it because that's something Tim can do because Tim wants to Tim wants T- to Tim join wants to dive deep Tim wants to join the team here at 4 30 in the morning and be our deep researcher so right there you go Tim but that's, if you're listening that's the salt and palace uh Tim figure out figure out something for us to, to do on this sure do some more research for us please thanks tim anyways i got one more are you done with that one yeah sure i got one more i want to get into and this one is the birdcage theater in tombstone arizona are you familiar with this place repeat that the birdcage theater birdcage theater in tombstone arizona you've got to be familiar with tombstone arizona yeah i don't think i've heard of this theater though okay so tombstone arizona was an 1880s uh western town sure it's the it, it's the epitome of the the eight, late 1800s, Wild West, all sorts of chaos was going on there. Wyatt Earp was out there. OK Corral, the big shootout of the, the OK Corral. There's a movie made about that. So Tombstone, Arizona is the epicenter of Western culture, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of the Wild West. There isn't a town that embodies that whole Wild West thing like Tombstone, Arizona does. Now, the Birdcage Theater was a theater opened up in the early 1880s. It was a theater, but it was also a brothel. It was a, a saloon. It was a boarding house. Okay, it's It was just kind of... Of a, a kind of a jack of all trades theater, but yeah, vaudeville, uh, brothel, poker games, shootouts. Apparently, like 26 people died in the theater. Jesus, back then. So there's a that's a lot of bodies for yeah. between suicides, murders, shootouts, accidents. That's a pretty good body amount mm-hmm. for. It's not a huge. It's a pretty decent sized building, but it's not huge. What brought this one onto my radar is the show Ghost Hunters. I don't know if you ever watched that. That one was on Sci-Fi. Yep, a lot better than Ghost Adventures, which is just. <laughs> unspeakably terrible ghost hunters was at least a little bit it tried to be a little bit more dignified and they'd have episodes where they just wouldn't catch anything it got kind of boring when they would do that right but they would it's authentic it was taps was the ghost hunting crew and they'd been doing this long before they got the show they'd just been investigating anything that they could investigate anybody that would invite them to investigate they'd show up they'd go do it and they were also plumbers on the side like they were they were for, <laughs> they were for roto-rooter <laughs> i forgot about that i just remember that but that's how they made their money they were plumbers and they just happened to uh get in a 
ghosts on the side. So it was a kind of a side hustle. Sweet. But it, ended being, it ended up being a big thing for them. But they would they would have these episodes where they'd be like, you know, uh, we didn't really catch anything. The one episode they found uh, that the place wasn't haunted at all, and they found all the little things they set up to make it sound like it was haunted. They're like, well, you got this thing set up, which is designed to ring or whatever every time somebody would walk on this board. You got a speaker in your fucking thing. You got this and that going on. <laughs> and these lights are flashing, and the guy was just like, yeah, okay, yep, you caught me. Because people wanted to make money off the place being haunted. Right. And they just debunked the shit out of it. But they went to the Birdcage Theater, and this episode was a trip. This was season three, episode one of that show. I remember this, because this was back in 2006, right when I got into the show. Yeah. And holy fuck, did they catch everything. Like, they didn't, they had, like, these sounds, like, these, like, things falling from the roof. Man. They had all sorts of voices and knocking. But what really struck me about this episode was the two main investigators were named Jason and Grant. They were, they would usually investigate together, and they were walking by, and then they just froze, and then they turned to each other and were like, holy shit, what the fuck did we see? And then they decided that they weren't going to tell each other what they saw because they both thought they saw the same thing. They went to a third party and they were like, hey, we got to tell a third party what we saw before we talk to each other so that it makes it more authentic so that we can at least somehow authenticate what we just saw. Yeah. And they both described a woman in a white dress with a bonnet on and they saw her full body walk down the stairway. Jesus. Now, what I didn't realize, and I thought this was just something that they saw, but that is the like the poltergeist in the Birdcage Theater is this woman. And they say that everybody that works there, and it's still open, it's still like, kind of like a like a kitschy, it's still a theater sure. today. But they say everybody that works there sees this woman walking around. And it's usually quick, it's usually near the stairway walking up and down the stairs. But everybody sees her that works there. And they saw her too. Do we now, like go to these places. Now they didn't really bring that part up in the show before then, but that was the first time that they saw like a actual full body apparition. Damn. And that, they, they freaked the fuck out. Now, sure. it, it's for TV, so it could have been whatever. But, I don't know, that one, that one, that was a great episode in terms of, and I rewatched a little bit of it just so I could get my shit together for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty cool. Like, I'll have to look that up. I'll have to watch it. You that. can watch the full episode on Daily Motion. Uh, Ghost Hunter, <laughs> Ghost Hunter Season 3, Episode 1. <laughs> you can watch it for free. But sure. Anyways, the Birdcage Theater, they, that entire episode, there's a lot of crazy shit that went down there. And then Tombstone, Arizona, in general, there's a lot of ghost stories attached to that area. Because it, it, it's right at the tail end of the Wild West, you know, 1880s, Silvertown pops up. It's got everything. It's got the everybody everybody that would be attracted to a Wild West Silvertown showed up there at some point or another. They had the world long they had the world's longest poker game played in the birdcage theater no shit eight years worth of poker <laughs> like millions of dollars changed hands over the course of that poker game that's insane and they played it till it was a 24 7 game it never stopped for eight years who's involved just a bunch of like you name it doc holiday was out there you name it from the wild west in the 1880s they probably played a hand or two in that game damn now obviously a poker game it just you play until people don't want to play anymore right this one lasted for eight years damn so that's the birdcage theater that's Definitely awesome. haunted. That's a good one. Look it up. And I don't, and even with the Stanley Hotel, I didn't really scratch the surface of, as the actual ghost stories oh. that are attached to it. All these places, man. But that one, I'm convinced. Like, I wouldn't go there alone to save my, well, I probably would because I don't really care anymore. But <laughs> I'm I'm positive if you went there, you'd see that woman walking up and down. Dude. If you spent a week there, you'd definitely see her. Let's go, man. I see we do it. The hell are we waiting for? Uh, yep. We're going to. Time off. <laughs> fuck yes. Fuck yes. Let's do it. Why not? Anyways, you got one more you want to get in today? Yeah, I got one more. 
more. So this is considered the most haunted place in the world. You ready? Yep. Have you ever heard of Povelia Island, Italy? No, I haven't. So, so many people have died on this island. It's said that 50% of the topsoil is made of human remains. Oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's that can't correct. be a, that can't be a real thing. Seriously. So this island was first base. The first records of this island it dates back to 421, and people fled there to escape the barbarian invasion. And over time, it's been occupied, it's been abandoned, occupied, abandoned, yada yada yada. So that would have been post Roman Empire. Yes. Because the was it the Vandals? I forget who the fuck the Visigoths. Somebody sacked Rome, and that that pretty much end of the Roman Empire. Yeah. So this would have been right after that. Probably. Anyways. So fast forward to 1776, it became like a checkpoint for goods coming in and out of Venice. Okay. And a couple ships uh, caught the plague, and uh, a couple of the people got the plague on the island, and they were told that they couldn't leave the island. They couldn't go to the mainland. They had to stay on the island, which I guess that kind of makes sense. Makes sense. That's, that's an early example of quarantine. So what it basically was is it became a checkpoint for the plague. So they, they basically put a bunch of people that had any type of sickly symptoms on that island, and thousands upon thousands of and thousands of people died on that island. And they basically, it was just basically a mass burial for a bunch of these people that died on the island. A lot of them were burned as well. That sounds like a mass sanitarium. A lot of plagues went through that island. Like in 1576, Venice lost 50,000 people to a plague. And they were all sent to that island and buried in that island. That's insane, dude. Yeah. And then in 1922, an insane asylum, after all this bullshit, an insane asylum was built on the island. It still stands to day and i guess there was this ridiculous mad doctor that would perform lobotomies and just horrible experiments on people in this asylum and i I, maybe because of guilt or whatever the guy jumped off the bell tower and killed himself right because he was insane too yeah and so you could imagine how many spirits and ghosts linger in that place and not a lot of people actually go and visit it it's not open to the public anymore it's it's basically deserted some people do go on it and like kind of investigate it but not a lot of people go there and people say that it's cursed you can hear chiming of the bell even though the bell was taken out a long time ago the spirits attack people on the island and it's just it's still uninhabited nobody really goes there anymore oh, shit. so many so many people have died on the island it's insane I wouldn't go there either <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go and I'm, I'm thinking about this because this is insanity but I could totally see like medieval people doing this type of shit yeah like that wouldn't be that far off that's in, that's crazy I want to I want to do more research on that island because I'm sure there are some ridiculous stories from that island. Yeah, I don't even want to start with that. <laughs> that 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 made my mind melt. That's yeah. like that's like the Fernald school on steroids. Yes. Back to episode 18, 17, 16, 16. The Fernald school for the feeble minded. Yeah. Well, it was episode 16 or 18, I think. Cuz that was our that was our uh it was in between aliens cuz that was our government cover up episode. That was our government. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was I think it was 18. I think so. Cuz that was one that talked about my 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 uh my failures when it came to repairing things in my house yeah so. that's a good episode but that's what that reminded me of was uh was that episode Definitely. anyways does that does that cover it for that basically covers the haunted gi- places the gist of that and like we've said on almost every episode that we've done we could we could do several more on this topic so this oh, is definitely yeah. gonna be one that we're probably gonna want to spring swing probably one that we're gonna want to swing back to sure at some point the one i didn't talk about was gettysburg yeah gettysburg. i thought about talking about gettysburg the reason why i didn't was i've been there twice i didn't even think about ghosts when i was there <laughs> 
because you get you get enthralled by the history, right? Like you spend four days there. You, I just got sucked into the history side. I forgot that it was haunted, right? Which I never forget the places are haunted, but that there's just so much going on there. It's it's, it's a really cool place to visit. I've never been there. I want to go. There. That's one of my. That was one of my favorite vacations we ever took was going to Gettysburg for three or four days. I think that was cool because we spent most of the time on the battlefield or in the little shops and the museums. Sure, it's all of it's sweet. It's just like I want to go there. You can't get bored there. There's a, there's a lot of haunted, really haunted cities like uh, Savannah, Georgia, and uh, yeah. St. Augustine, Florida. I thought about doing Savannah too, but see, I would go there. I'm not as into the Southern history, sure. so I'd be there for ghosts. Right. Like I thought I was going to Gettysburg mostly for the ghosts, but the history just sucks you up. You got to do like a two week a two week vacation, one for history and one for ghosts. <laughs> because you're going to get distracted by all of it. Because there's just it, it's a really cool place. Tweet us at 30 in the if you have ever seen a ghost. Yes, and tweet us if you got any other haunted locations that you are pretty confident are haunted. Because all of these that we covered, I'm pretty sure are. I'm I'd pretty sure so. all of these are haunted. Definitely. So I still haven't really seen the type of ghost that I want to see. Like I've seen the shadow person walking around at my parents' house enough, but I want to see like a like a like a like a Lincoln or something in this. Well, you just got to run for president so you can get into the White House. And, yeah, uh... no. <laughs> Dude, if I ran for president and if I made it anywhere, I'd be assassinated immediately. <laughs> like there would be, it would just be like we gotta take, we gotta get rid of this guy. Uh, it wouldn't, no, it wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I think it'd be all right. I don't think it would last. <laughs> Anyways, does that about wrap it up? I think that's about it, man. Uh, before we get out of here, we gotta run down the listeners. Uh, see where we're at. We are at. Guess where we're at right now. I Last week we're at thirteen ten hits on the show. I'd say I'd say we're about a hundred past that. We're about fourteen ten. We're at fourteen twenty three. No shit. So we had a really good week. That's awesome. And we're getting hits on the older episodes. We had a couple people started listening, and I had a, one friend that's telling me that uh, they they found somebody to listen to the show and that they went through like all the episodes. <laughs> and then I was watching, and they were slowly hitting getting hits on all the other episodes. So, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes, thank you everybody, all of our new listeners. We've been picking up some new. New listeners so we thank you uh please spread the word we haven't done the social media <laughs> we haven't done the social media thing yet but keep, like keep spreading the word guys like we've been saying since november it's coming it it's, will come it's gonna happen but please tell everybody you know about the show uh we're getting some we're getting some good hits we're getting some good attention the material is getting better and the most recent episodes are getting a lot of hits so awesome. that's to me that that's good that shows some staying power definitely uh the secret societies one actually did really well the historical sports one did really well so nice. we're getting some good hits on that and one more thing if you guys are interested in the show this might be your first episode listening to be sure to check out the old stuff you do not have to listen to these in order right i'd recommend listening to them based on your interests uh some of our descriptions are pretty accurate other ones aren't really as accurate but it's all good material definitely a lot of the older ones are kind of more personal experiences yeah from, from our lives we kind of mix it up I still think landscaping episode nine was the best one that yeah, we've done. That's a good one. Uh, a lot of people really like the urban legends one, which is episode eight. Yep. I, I thought, think thought eight, that was seven. Seven was when Josh was in the oh, studio. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that was, that was that was drunken debacles. Yeah, that one was okay. That's probably not the first one you want to listen to, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, the aliens ones, I'm gonna harp on. Those are great. People do not like the aliens ones <laughs> as much. I had one friend who listens to all the episodes multiple times, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna listen to the aliens ones more Some than people- one." People just aren't into aliens. Yeah. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. But we got some good ones out there. White Collar Crime I thought was a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Cryptozoology one was a good one. The
The cult one was a really good one. That one got a lot of hits. We've covered a lot of shit. And then the conspiracy theories one is one of my personal favorites, episode 20. We'll probably do that again. Yeah, that one was about as good as it got. So, anyways, please keep listening to the shit. (laughs) Re-listen to them. Tell your friends. Tell your kids. Tell Well, don't tell the kids. This is an adult-only show. But anybody 18 or older, please listen to the show. Yeah, we do curse. We do use some bad language. We don't mean to. We're, you know, we're we're just, I don't know where I'm going. I've been trying to get my grandma to listen to the show, my busha. <laughs> but she doesn't understand that just because it's called 4.30 in the morning. We don't, you don't have to wake up at 4.30 to listen to it. Yeah. <sighs> So, uh, I was trying to explain that part. Yeah, this is not a live show. It's not a live show, unfortunately. We will be doing live shows in the future. Eventually, we will. But, no, you don't have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to listen to the show. (laughs) Uh, And you can listen to it anytime you'd like to at your leisure on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anchor. Google Podcasts, Anchor. Radio Public, I've never even heard of that one. CastBox, I think we're on CastBox. Nice. Pocket Casts. uh, Samsung Podcasts. Galaxy Podcasts. There's something Samsung that we're on so we got some options awesome anyways that's weird it's time to wrap this one up so peace the date printed on it but it was pretty much the next best thing parno told cut (laughs) (laughs) parno parno told cnn because i'm not gonna lie when he was coming out of college i don't know if he was on your radar at all he showed up late when i was looking at quarterbacks coming out of college i was like man this mahomes kid his film looks really good yeah now the thing the, the biggest knock on him was he he was a mechanical disaster at texas tech mm-hmm. he looked like he was all over the place all the time and traditionally speaking quarterbacks are all over the place all the time struggling the pros because you're losing time every misstep you take yep is a step that the defenders are going to have on you mm-hmm. the problem with mahomes is he just got that much body control that it doesn't matter he right. can make four wrong steps, but they're not really wrong steps because he's in control of every one of them. He also has an incredible coach. He's got an incredible team around him. Yeah, Andy Reid's pretty good, but he he could he could go he could have gone to any team. He could he he could be good at any team. He could have gone to any team and been fine. I think maybe he's, maybe not the Lions, but he he, he would be no, good. He's, basically, every team. he's far and away as far as I'm concerned right now. He's far and away the best quarterback in the league. And I don't think he's gonna. I don't, he doesn't do. What does he do wrong? He doesn't do anything wrong. He's good. He's. It's not he's, close. He's, he's gonna probably he, the best. He's gonna go down as the best of all time, because he's got every single intangible you could hope for. His body controls out of this world. His arm strength is out of this world. If if he can put up the chips, then he will be. Yeah. Well, obviously. If he doesn't put up the chips, then he's he won't be considered. And you know what? You're right about that because he already signed that mega contract. Yeah. That is gonna screw his team over in the long term because right now. He, they're paying. They're spending so much money on him. But his contract hasn't kicked in right now, so this is his window right now. Yeah. He's got this year. He should have won it. He well, he shouldn't have because they weren't good enough last year. Right. But these are gonna be the best teams he's gonna play on afterwards. That cap figure that he's carrying is money that's not going to better players down the exactly. road. Exactly. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem. And that's a reason why the Packers haven't gone to the Super Bowl. Yep. In ten years is because Aaron Rodgers has that cap figure. Right. That doesn't help anything. And that's why the Browns are going to be consistent contenders because Baker Mayfield's taking the discount because he knows what he's worth. He's going to take that 28 to $30 million a year deal. He's going to leave the cap face open remember, long term. Remember when $25 million, 30 a year was like insane? Yeah, and then <laughs> Watson got like 41 a year. Mahomes, yeah. if he hits all his incentives, is getting over 50 a year. 
It's insane. It's mind-boggling. Like, 20, like in baseball, 20 used to be like, oh, my God, they're paying this guy $20 well, million dollars a year. I remember when Andy Dalton got that big contract. I was like, are you kidding me? Andy Dalton's getting paid this much? And then it was Matt Stafford got the $25 million a year contract. Remember that? Remember when Kirk Cousins got the fully guaranteed deal? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you who made out was Osweiler. He was getting paid by like four teams at once. You remember? <laughs> I almost spit my shit? beer out. Yeah, because he he got a four like a four year eighty million dollar deal paid by the Texans, and then the Browns took it on. <laughs> they 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 traded a fourth round pick to the Texans for that contract. The Texans gave the Browns a second round pick in return. So they said we're gonna give you a second rounder and Brock Osweiler for your fourth rounder. <laughs> when that when that deal happened, the Browns had their press release. The first thing that they talked about was the draft pick. They said we really wanted a second round draft pick. Also, Brock Osweiler, I guess. <laughs> and they took on they took on a chunk of that contract. And then he didn't even make the team. And that draft pick became Nick Chubb. So it worked out. That was pretty good. But they cut him before the season even started. He never played a game for the Browns, and then signed back with the Broncos. <laughs> so yes, he was getting tra- he was getting paid by three different teams <laughs> that year. <laughs> Anyways, I can't hey, remember. Good, good, good for him. So that was that was Mahomes. That, the whole news story was Mahomes. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we talk about football on every episode, don't we? We do. Just we can't about. help. We can't help it. 